And Lord, thank you that that includes this last week. Jesus, that we were not alone. Lord, in the midst of great things, Lord, exciting things, things that move our heart, Lord, we're grateful that you were there and that we got to share those things with you. And God, for the things that were dark and felt lonely, maybe we were rebelling or maybe we were just getting pressed in by other people's rebellion, Jesus, we know that we were not alone. And as we look forward to this next week, Lord, I pray that you would remind us that we are not alone, that not only are you with us, but Jesus, you equipped your church to be a fellowship. You equipped your church to be a brotherhood, to be a family, to be one body united. And I pray that this week that you would help us to to live into that. Jesus, today as we talk about how to, to better communicate with one another and how to better bond with one another and and build into each other and be the kinds of people that are safe to do that with. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would bind us together. Lord, that we would not be separate moving parts, but that we'd be connected, united in you. So God, I just pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds as we consider your word. Lord, that it would indeed move us that we would not look into it and then walk away changing nothing, but that we would gaze deeply into it and move our lives because of it. So God, I just thank you for your word and I thank you that you have not left us alone. Pray you'd be with your people this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. There's an optical illusion that's easy to fall for, even if you know the trick. The more distant you are from other people, the more invulnerable they appear. You see yourself as you are, with your flaws just as clear as your successes. But you see most other people on their terms, only from the side they present to the world. And at first glance, they've got everything figured out. With everything set in stone. Securely embedded in their community. Wrapped up with their loved ones. Their lives like a finished work of art. But it's only just a trick of perspective. Because you can't see the cracks from so far away. How insecure their footing. How malleable they really are. How many years of effort went into shaping their persona into something acceptable? How many other hands it took to build their lives, which are still only ever a work in progress? It's the kind of basic human vulnerability that we'd all find familiar, but is still somehow surprising when we notice it in others. It's an open question why we have such public confidence and such private doubts. Maybe that contradiction is what keeps us moving, wanting to be more than what we are, and never be satisfied. Maybe it lets us keep our distance, to avoid too much friction as we brush past each other. Or maybe it's what draws us together, the only irreplaceable thing we still need each other for. Just one last excuse to keep stopping by, so we can prop each other up, and remind ourselves that nothing is set in stone, not even who we are. 
man, there are so many different facets to that intro video. Uh, we've been talking about brokenness. And, uh, you know, there's two things that I want to do before the sermon. One is, is there something that just doesn't look right up here on the stage? My hair? Oh, Tom. In, in addition to my hair. Hey, Roy, could you? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't, the, the cross brings light. Um, and, then, and then that last song that we just sang, I, I, that you sang, I, I want to remind you this morning what you just sang, okay? You, you sang, Spirit, lead me where my feet, where, Spirit, lead me, I can't even read my own writing, where my trust is without border. No, no, that's okay. I think I can read the rest. Deeper than my feet could wander. And my faith will be made stronger. Some of you are in the midst of that right now. And you don't like it. But you just, if you sang that song this morning, you asked for it. You are asking for your faith to be deepened, for your faith to be made stronger, for your spirit to be taken to a place without a border. And, And God will answer that prayer. Trust him with that. And, and so if, I, I, hope, I hope this morning it wasn't just words that you've always sung. I hope it was a, a true cry of your heart. Lord, I, I do. I, I want to have a deeper faith. And, and, it, and he can take us there. And he will. Okay, we've, ta- we've been talking about brokenness. And, and it's been good. It's been good for me. Uh, I hope that it's been good for you to, to realize that, that you are broken and that we don't need to put on this facade of, of I'm better than you and I'm greater and I'm strong in these things, etc., etc., etc. But according to Scripture, we are to delight in our weaknesses. We are to admit them and we are to delight them for the very reason that, that, that when we're weak, that's when we're strong because that's when we're relying completely on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to give us that strength to take that next step, to give us that knowledge to have that next conversation in life. Uh, it, it, this, um, this brokenness, uh, recognizing this, it also keeps us humble, doesn't it? it? It keeps us from becoming arrogant and prideful in life, thinking that we're all that, right? Uh, well, the, the tagline of the sermon series behind Broken Together is finding authentic community in Christ. And it's that authentic community that I want to talk about here this morning. What does that mean and what does that look like? How do we find that? Uh, look around you. Look at the people sitting in front of you, behind you, next to you. This, for for all intents and purposes, is your community. Maybe you're just visiting, maybe you're our guest here this morning, and, and this isn't your community, but for, for many of you in this room, this is the, the major part of your community. And how do you find authentic friendship and, and true community within the people that are here? Now, there's some things that we need to do and be in order to function in Christ-like ways within our community, but not just function, because we can just function. You, you, can, you, can be the, you can have the flu and still function, but how do we thrive in this community of North Hills? How do we thrive in this community that we have in the neighborhood that we live in? Well, 
to walk together with joy and contentment, we need to be a person ourselves that people want to be around. We need to be a person that people want to share their struggles with, that people want to share their joy with. To be that guy or that girl. Now, when you think about that guy, right? Okay, I'm, I'm sort of flipping it. Uh, here's a picture of that guy. Okay, don't, when I did a, a Google search for that guy, these are some of the pictures that I found. This reminds me of a guy on The Office. I know he's not on The Office, but whenever my son or somebody in my family is watching The Office and I drop in for 30 seconds because I really can't stand the show, um, there are lots of that guy and that girls in, in The Office. Nobody wants to be that guy. Um, what about this guy? We all know that guy, Right? He's just enjoying his ice cream, I'm guessing, while these guys are working at putting stuff up. There's two that guys in this picture, actually. Not sure that either of them could help, but, but you know that guys like that, right? You're working hard, you're doing something, and they're just sort of standing there watching you do it, and you're thinking in the back of your mind, you know, it'd really be nice if you'd give me a hand with this. Of course, we wouldn't say that out loud. We would just think, he's that guy, right? And then, of course, there's, there's this one. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. We know people that are that guy, right? Or that girl. And, and the main point of the message today is to not be that guy, to be that, that guy. Because we talk like that, don't we? You know, there are things in the human language, guys especially, you know, somebody will say in the household, hey, are you hungry? And you'll say, well, I'm not hungry, hungry. Right? Um. Or, or uh, hey, I saw you and that guy out at McDonald's. Were you guys on a date? Well, it wasn't a date date, right? I mean, we talk like that, and we know what that means. Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at um, six, six ways in which... Actually, it's just five, isn't it? Is it five or six? Six, I was right. We're going to look at six ways in which you and I can be that guy, or that girl, and I will generally say that guy because I want to be that guy, and then you ladies can just put in that girl. Um, so we're going to look at six characteristics of that guy or that girl as we are a part of the family of Christ and the community. First of all, and most importantly, that guy is a Christ follower. And, and I left the guy-girl thing blank so you ladies could, you know, you could fill that in. You don't want to be that guy, you want to be that girl, Right? Um, is a Christ follower. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. This will be our, our main passage for this morning. Galatians chapter 6. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be one underneath a seat in front of you. And uh, you can turn to page 1155. 1155 in the Bibles under the chairs to Galatians chapter 6. And the first three words that Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 is, Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, those who are in Christ as I am in Christ, Paul says. He's addressing fellow believers, um, believers who are sold out, surrendered, committed followers of Jesus Christ. Now, years ago, and it is becoming many, many more years ago, when I was a youth pastor, uh, I was invited to participate in this thing at Torrington Middle School called Challenge Day. Uh, some of you may know about it, some, I don't think they've done one in a long time. Uh, but Challenge Day is a day where they bring in these, these, uh, this, this company, this organization, to, to hold this Challenge Day. They bring all of the 6th, the, the 7th, and 8th graders into the gym, and they put them all in small groups. 
And every small group has a leader, and I was one of, and they invited pastors to come in and counselors and other parents and adults to help lead these small groups. And, and they would take the kids through um, exercises to essentially uh, help all of the kids see all of the kids. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, there are the kids in the group who are, are sort of the, the in-group. There are the kids who are the, they're the athletes, they're the jock group. There are the kids, there's the, there's the nerd group, or the thinking group, or the chess club group, or there, there's the outcast group, those that nobody really, there's the loners. And, and the, they would go through this process all day long to help these kids see kids in the other groups. And then at the end of the day, they would have the kids actually out loud and in many cases in front of their peers make commitments to treat the other kids differently. Like, like we would have students would say, oh, now I understand how lonely or what it's like to be this person and I'm not going to treat this person that way anymore. And, and at the end of the day, it's just like this great feeling and all of these kids, oh, wow, you know, our school is going to be completely changed, right? And it was for about a week, maybe two. Here's the thing about that. The, the hearts of those kids, the attitudes of those kids will never truly change, but through Jesus Christ in their life. And that's true for all of us here this morning. We can't truly be, authentically be, genuinely be that guy unless we have Jesus Christ as the foundation of all that we believe and live. The truth is we can only be transformed from the inside out. You know, we're, we're able to love because what? We were first loved. We are able to be gracious and forgiving because we have experienced that forgiveness and that grace through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's only because we are being changed by him that we have the capacity to follow through on the last five points of today's message. If you are not a Christ follower and you're here this morning, I, I, it's great to have you here. And, and I, I want to pray for you as you continue your search to find the truth of who Jesus Christ is and how much he loves you and wants to be your Savior. But, but, but if you attempt to do the next five points in today's message solely out of sheer discipline and human will, you will, you will be devastated. You will fail. Truth be told, we all will, even those who have Christ as the foundation, won't we? Because we are broken. But we can be broken together. We can have grace in those situations when that other person fails because we have been extended grace to us. I mean, there is no perfect that guy or that girl out there. They do not exist. Um, and, and the friends that we travel life with will not be the perfect that guy or that girl. No one will. Praise the Lord for amazing grace, right? Praise the Lord for the force of grace. We're going to be talking about over the next three weeks. We can only truly offer it to others because we have experienced it ourselves. Christ in us. And I want to take, I want you to take advantage of every opportunity you have to invite someone to come to the Easter service, to come to the Transform series. I mean, it's going to be great. Um, It's, it's, it's going to, it it just really is. Uh, Us journeying through life together and inviting other people to come along with us. 
uh, as we pursue Christ and pursue to be transformed by him. Um, That guy is a Christ follower. Number two, that guy is transparent. That guy is transparent. Probably one of the most difficult things for people in our world today is to be transparent, but can also be the most rewarding and freeing. If we take the mask off, we take the facade off, and and we become transparent to those around us, real to them. We don't try to hide. We don't try to be stronger uh, than we really are. We don't try to hide our weaknesses. We let people know what those are. That guy doesn't try to be something that he is not. Now, this can be difficult in a world where uh, we are viewed by other people, where, where, where um, how we are viewed by other people is, has been elevated so much. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter if that's a dumb thing or, a, or a, a good thing, right? I mean, why do people do stupid things and videotape them? So they can put them on YouTube and see how many hits they can get, right? I, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that's known to be a good friend, to be somebody that, would, that, that helps those around them, that loves, that's full of grace and mercy. James 5 Verse 16 will be up here on the screen, says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That guy is willing to confess his sins to another person. Man, that is, that is some scary things. That's scary. Well, I, but, but helpful. So Helpful. That guy is willing to trust a friend with his or her needs. You, now, that friend can't pray for something that they don't know about, number one. There's, there's no way that we can pray for or help someone if they don't come to us and say, hey, I really need help in this area. And, and it's up to that other person to take that step, to take that risk, because it is a risk to be transparent to those around and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here. I, I really need you to help me with this. Uh, somebody I know has a blog and, and they posted some pretty some struggles with alcohol and drugs and and addiction to pornography on this blog and and uh, it was interesting and and a very mature and helpful thing for him to do and and I can imagine men in his community gathering around him to help him um, and not just to be those guys that, that help him stay accountable to this, which, which we need, but those guys to come alongside him and, and to, to help him live the good things in life, to, to focus on the good things in life that would draw him away from those other addictions. Let's be that guy. Let's be willing to trust a friend. Galatians uh, look, let's continue on there. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. So when we catch a brother in sin making bad decisions, doing dumb things, we should go to them and say, hey man, man, I love you and, and you need to help me understand these decisions you're making here. Now, there's two sides of this. Um, I, as, a, as a member of North Hills Baptist Church, I, I believe that it is my right to have anybody in leadership or anybody that would be a close friend to me that would know intimate details about my life who would see something that I'm doing that's wrong, that's a sin, that's, 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 that's moving me away from God. 
it's my right to have them come to me and say, hey, David, we need to have coffee. You need to be aware of something here. I don't know if you're aware of it or if you're, if you're noticing this, but this is happening in your life. That's a pretty risky thing to say. But, but it's a healthy thing to say. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we all had people in our lives who said, you know what, you really shouldn't eat that and you really shouldn't eat that and you really shouldn't eat that and you really shouldn't eat that. What is our first response to that? I'm going to eat whatever I want, right? Which is typically our response when a friend comes to us and says, hey, dude, you're sinning and it's not right. You need to, you need to repent of that. We'll get defensive. We, we might even, you know, not talk to them for a while. But deep down inside, we know that what they're saying is real and true and that, that, that it is actually a gift to have them come and say, hey, you need to wake up. You know, I, I want to have that guy in my life and, and, and what a gift to be, to be used by God to be that guy in someone else's life. Now, Paul gives us a warning. He says, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. If, and I'm sorry, ladies. I'm just using guy illustrations this morning. Um, I'm sure you have things in your minds that, that you can relate to this. But, um, you know, I, I know... I know men that are addicted to pornography, and it would not be good for another man who is going through the process of, of, uh, um, of, of overcoming that addiction to just immediately try and help another guy get through this addiction because it's a strong possibility that, that he could be. It would be like an alcoholic who's, who's you know three years sober going to a bar with another alcoholic thinking that he's going to somehow help him out of that. Paul says, hey, you need to be careful here. You need to recognize for yourselves that, that you don't want to be tempted in trying to help this friend. And so it may be good to find somebody else who can come alongside you and this other person to help them overcome this to be a friend. Another word I want to point out here is the word gently. You know, grabbing somebody by the shoulder, shoving them up against a wall and say, you need to repent is probably not under the description of gently. Better yet, better yet than what Paul is saying here, than getting caught in a sin is to confess it to someone and be that guy to do that first. Realize it in your life, realize it in my life, and go to that friend and say, Man, I, I'm, I'm screwing up, and I'm coming before you, and I'm repenting of this. I'm confessing this to you as a friend. Paul says that's, that's one thing that we should do in James. James says the same thing. Being transparent before one another is the beginning of being that guy. Uh, the beginning of a truly meaningful friendship. That guy is a Christ follower. That guy is transparent. And number three, that guy puts others first. That guy puts others first. Number two, or verse two, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. To be that guy, we need to realize that it's not all about me. Everybody doesn't live their life for me. Everybody doesn't do things every day for me. Husbands, wives, children. We need to realize this. That other person, that, that person that you committed your life to, their whole life isn't wrapped up in helping you, in doing things for you. Okay, It's not just about you. Like that last picture, right? I'm kind of a big deal. 
We know people that, that, that have that attitude, and it's frustrating. In, in fact, it drives me nuts when people think that I was born specifically to serve them. What about you? Does that you know, have anybody in your life that, uh, that, that can be that way sometimes? Let's not be that guy, uh, but let's be the guy that puts others' needs first. Let's, let's be willing to drop our own agendas when someone else has a need. You know, I, I think, honestly, I think that's an area in, in our community, in, in Wyoming in general, that, that people do well. That if somebody has trouble, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen farmers or ranchers gather a bunch of guys to go, go brand somebody's cows or harvest somebody's corn when that person is going through a crisis of some kind and just get her all done in a day. There's nothing that excites me more than a whole row of combines harvesting a field. That's some of the old farmer in me, right? But man, what a beautiful sight. And, and to know that they're doing that at their own expense to serve and help someone else. Putting others first. They could be in their own fields harvesting their own crops, but on that day, they're there to, to serve that other guy that's in need. I mean, it's difficult to be around someone that's never wrong, isn't it? They're always right. They're always right, always right, always right. They just don't see it. Well, let's not be that guy. Let's be willing to sacrifice some time for someone else. It it may be having a cup of coffee and just spending that, some time visiting with them. It it may be taking them a meal once a week. It could be helping them on a Saturday. It could be helping, helping them cut down a tree or fix a car or clean their yard. Now, these examples also fit under the next characteristic. But putting others first is where it starts. Paul says, carry each other's burdens and don't compare yourself with others. You know, when when we really do look at our weaknesses, we are tempted to find weaknesses in other people around us so that we don't look as weak as they, or or that we don't look weaker than they do, isn't it? But we need to heed Paul's words here, and we need to, to not think that we're something when we're not. The comparison game only leads to discouragement. I will always find somebody that is smarter, uh, better looking, faster, richer, more powerful, more liked, and so on than me. There will always be that someone. So it's important that I don't live life in the comparison game, just comparing myself to the people around me and trying to, trying to somehow elevate myself in my own mind at the very least, and in other, other people's minds, over that person. So let's be that guy or girl that doesn't play the comparison game, but who lives to put others first, which leads to our fourth characteristic, which is that guy serves others. Look at verse 9 and following. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Serving others is good. It's good to do. It reaps many benefits, Paul says. It's unselfish. And Paul says we should serve all people, no matter their race, their color, their political persuasion, their economic level, whether they shower every day, whether they have tattoos or piercings or purple or green hair, whether they are a blazer, a dogger, a cyclone, a viking, or a tiger, it doesn't matter. Paul says do good to all people. And there's a whole lot of other things, prejudices that we have that we could put in that list. 
All people, Paul says, we should overtip waiters and waitresses. We should open doors for people. We should just generally serve them. And look for ways to do that. Jesus is a great example of this, right? I mean, when Jesus was on this earth, he said that he did not come to be served, but to serve. The creator of the universe, all right, comes down here, incarnate, God with us, and he says, I didn't come to be served, which I would think, man, of course he should. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords, all-powerful. We should be serving him. He says, no, I came not to be served, but to serve. And then what does he do? He washes the feet, the stinky feet of imperfect, stick their foot in their mouths, disciples. That is an act of service. And then, of course, there's the fact that Christ died while we were yet sinners. He came to serve. He came to serve. And we can serve because we have been served. Paul says, Paul says, do good to all people. But he adds a tagline on there. Especially to those who are believers. Especially serve these people. Look around you. Especially these people, Paul says. Especially these people. Believers who are in other churches, who are in our community, who we know. Especially those people, Paul says. And of course, lest we become arrogant or conceited in our doing good, Paul reminds us in verse 14 what our boasting should be about. It shouldn't be about how many people we helped this week or how many people we served or how, oh man, you know, I can't make it to the end of the month because I gave my entire paycheck to my neighbor. I mean, you know, Paul says, don't boast. Verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Tis the season for boasting in Christ this month. This is when our culture expects it. Honestly, I think inviting someone to come to an Easter service at EWC is less offensive and less offending because they sort of expect that now than it would be in a week or two or three after Easter when you just try to invite them to come to church. And maybe coming to a neutral site in in Torrington would be that first step in the door. And then when you ask them to join your small group for the Transformed series, just maybe they say yes. That guy is a Christ follower. That guy is transparent. That guy puts others first. That guy serves others. And number five, that guy can be trusted. I can be trusted with secrets. I want to be that guy. This is extremely important. That guy is not going to jump on Facebook or Twitter and just air his friend's dirty laundry out there. Maybe that's happened to you. You know, it's devastating when that happens to you. Because in a community like ours, that really doesn't have to happen, honestly. If we're living a transparent life before the people around us, they know our dirty laundry. And and we're not trying to hide it, but, but, but maybe someone is just breaking into this friend kind of thing and They've shared something with you and we've got to be trusted with that. We've got to be careful because sometimes we can say things in written form 
in social media that we look back on and go, oh man, I didn't really mean to say that. Or, so we have to be careful. Proverbs 20 verse 19 says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Well, you don't want to be that guy that Scripture says avoid, right? You want to be that guy that's there to support his friends and his community. So don't be a gossip and betray confidence. You want to be lonely and without friends? Betray a confidence. This seems to be that simple to me. Proverbs eleven thirteen says this, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. That guy can be trusted. That girl can be trusted. Let's be trustworthy friends and keep confidential what others are sharing with us. That guy is a Christ follower, transparent, puts others first, serves others, can be trusted, and finally, that guy seeks to be a friend. I think this is an important point. The bottom line is this, in order to have a friend, in order to have friends, we need to be a friend. Sometimes we can go into a situation, into a culture, into a school, and, 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 and this is kind of how we do it. And, and then we get offended when nobody talks to us or nobody invites us over for lunch or nobody whatever. And, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to test these people. I'm just going to see how warm and fuzzy they are, how open they are, how friendly they are. And in my opinion, um, if, if, if you want friends, you've got to be a friend. You know, take that first step. In, invite that person over for lunch. Call that person and say, hey, how you doing? Go visit that person in the hospital. Proverbs is another good source of wisdom regarding friends. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. I, I, what came to my mind this morning as I was thinking about this was uh, Buzz Lightyear and Woody. Right? <laughs> There's some serious adversity that one of these guys is going through and, and all kinds of faults and weaknesses and stuff, but they stuck together through thick and thin. Through the very end of Toy Story 1 and 2 and 3, right? They stuck together. A brother is born... Was there a 4? Was there a Toy Story 4? I missed it. There will be. Okay. Can't wait. Garrett, you called it. Toy Story 4 coming soon to a theater near you. (laughs) Proverbs 18.24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is no greater example out there than Facebook for this one. Wow, how many friends you got? Yeah, are they really friends? Because I'm guessing that the true friend that you have may or may not actually be your friend on Facebook. A man of many companions, many acquaintances may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In order to have a friend, one must be that guy. And then finally, this uh, two verses to close. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. If, if a friend wounds you out of truth and gentleness and love, that's way better than having a bunch of people that don't like you talk nice things about you in public. It's tough to take. I get it. It's hard. But it's good. 
and we need to remember that. And finally, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's this journey of life that we're in. To be a friend. I'm going to leave you with this passage to read this week. Write this in your notes. 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 through 11. Read that this week. It's more, uh, more context to this being a friend and the things that, that God calls us to be. I pray that, that, that you won't just put this in your Bible and not look at it again. I pray that there will be a couple things in here that the Lord has convicted you on and uh, that, that we will all be that guy, that girl, that we would be a friend and then have a friend. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all that are here. Lord, you, you appointed for all of us to be here today, and I thank you for that. Father, thank you for this series, and, and I pray that, that we have learned more about ourselves personally and more about you and, and how you react and respond to us in our brokenness and in our weaknesses. Father, as we take this offering this morning, I pray that, uh, that you would use it to, to continue to support North Hills and, and all of our missionaries all over the world in our efforts to, to love you and love people, to bring the good news of the gospel to those who, who haven't heard, who haven't believed yet. Lord, I pray that you would give confidence and boldness to all those who are here today as they go out this week and they look for those to invite to our Easter service. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are bringing the music and the message, Lord, Holy Spirit, empower us to speak the truth and to trust you with the work that's going to be done in the lives of other people. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers are going to come forward. They're going to take up our morning offering. If you filled out that, uh, that card for a small group, you can go ahead and fold that and drop it in the offering plate as well. If you want to fill it out afterwards, there's a black box in the atrium. I will be at the information counter. If you have questions about anything, small groups or whatever's going on, please stop by there and uh, we can talk. Would you please stand with us? Sometimes when I want to be close to other people, I feel like I have to draw close to God because he draws us close together. So let's lift him up.